Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Today, I have a relationship podcast episode for you, which I think is very fitting with the numerology of this year. If you didn't know, this year has a huge focus on love, balance, family, relationships. You'll probably notice a lot of people are, you know, having children, starting families, getting married. There's just a huge focus on love, family, partnership, and balance because the numerology for 2022 is six. And that's what six represents in numerology. So what I wanted to talk about in today's episode are just, you know, sharing some tips with you to help you strengthen your relationships. And these habits and these tips can relate to more than just romantic relationships. It can help strengthen your friendships, relationships with your family, and even coworkers. So if you are ready to strengthen your relationships, then let's jump into it. All right, so I'm going to start with tip number one, and this by far is the most important tip. This is the key to any successful relationship, and it's to strengthen your relationship with yourself. The relationship we have with ourself sets the foundation that the rest of our relationships are built off of. So let's say you have a rocky relationship with yourself, then often we find that our relationships with others will be rocky too. How you show up for yourself is often how others show up for you because often our relationships with others act as a reflection of our own energy and inner world. We often attract relationships that reflect familiarity and unhealed wounds to us. Let me break this down a little bit about what I mean. Here's an example from my own life. For the longest time, I really struggled with a lot of my relationships. For example, back when I wasn't working for myself, I often never got along with my bosses. I always felt like subconsciously they were trying to control me, that I was never doing the job good enough for them, that they somehow were against me, and even asking them a question intimidated me. I always struggled with having healthy relationships with people who were in a position that felt like an authority figure. And this really stems from the wounds that I had with my dad. Because if you think about it, often our parents are the first authority figures that we deal with in our life. They set that foundation for us as kids that rules are based off of. So if you listened to some of my previous episodes, then you know that my dad struggled with a short temper. He got injured at work, which caused him not only a lot of pain, but a dependency to painkillers. So the combo of all of this really gave him this short temper that often scared me as a child. And this wound was then reflected back to me in the relationships that I had with my bosses, my friends, and even my partners for a really long time. I created this people-pleasing persona that was afraid to ever ask my boss a question. Even when it came to having a landlord, I was afraid to ask for help or go out of my way to talk about some of the problems that were going on at the house that I was renting because I was still dealing with that wound, being afraid to ask for help, being afraid to address problems, being afraid of conflict. I don't know if I ever mentioned this part of my relationship with my dad, but as a kid, my dad would get very upset when I would get hurt 
hurt. Me getting hurt really triggered some of his own wounds. And so instead of reacting to me getting hurt in a caring and compassionate way, he would instantly yell, asking me, you know, how did I let that happen? Why would I do that? You know, what did you do? And as I reflect, I can even see my inner child just sitting there in pain, afraid to go to my dad because of the way that he reacted to me getting hurt. There was this one time that I remember so vividly. I was outside with some of my friends. We were playing tag. I was probably about seven years old at the time. Now, of course, being a kid, I didn't always make smart choices. So we were playing tag on the pavement and I fell and I cut open my chin and I was bleeding a lot. And I just remember sitting outside on the front steps, holding my bloody chin, just waiting for my mom to come home because I was so afraid to tell my dad. It was moments like these that created this response within me that made me feel unsafe to go to people with my problems, especially when I was struggling or hurting. I was pushed to just support myself. So oftentimes, this was what I would avoid in a lot of my relationships, and it caused this subconscious fear of people who are seen as an authority figure in my life. It also created this version of me that was afraid to ever ask for help. I would often struggle in silence, afraid to ever push my problems onto others. So in order to get to a point in my life where I no longer felt this way or held onto that people-pleasing response, I needed to heal that inner child that was still so hurt from those experiences. I needed to heal the relationship I had with myself. And that's one of the biggest steps to strengthening your relationships, to heal the relationship that we have with ourselves and to feel safe within ourselves to recognize our worth. And I also have an episode dedicated to strengthening your relationship with self. I definitely recommend listening to it if you haven't already and you struggle with this. But oftentimes, if we treat ourselves in such an unkind way, like talking down to ourselves or feeling like we can't speak up, then we will often settle for that same treatment in our relationship with others. But if we notice that people are treating us in a way that's worse than how we treat ourselves, that's when we choose to no longer allow such treatment. You see, the thing is, is we set the foundation and it can be such a strong foundation if we just allow ourselves to do that in our work and show ourselves love and compassion. And now I recognize that everyone's situations will be different. I'm not a licensed therapist, so it's always important to seek out help from a licensed professional if you are in, you know, a toxic relationship or a situation that is unsafe. All right, tip number two, make peace with the past. Another way to strengthen your relationships is by making peace with the past. And now all of these tips will relate back to tip number one because tip number one really sets the foundation. But making peace with your past is so important. And for the longest time, I really struggled with this. I held on to so much resentment. I was mad at my dad for the longest time because I felt really hurt by his actions. But as I went through my own healing journey, I was able to look at my relationship with my dad from a different perspective. And honestly, that's not always easy. But the truth is when people hurt others, it's because they are hurting internally. Hurt people hurt people. Now, this is never an excuse, but recognizing that my dad was dealing with his own unhealed trauma and pain helped me find forgiveness within my soul. And I had to do this for many people in my life. My dad's family doesn't talk to me. They let our relationship go a long time ago due to conflicts with my dad, and I held resentment and pain from the loss of my family. I always find that the loss of someone who is still alive can be really tough. It leaves you wondering, you know, how can someone just not care and how can someone you once loved and felt so connected to suddenly feel like a stranger? 
These were the questions that kept me up at night because I held on to my past so tightly because it hurt me so much. I would even have dreams of my family and childhood friends that I lost because the loss of these relationships brought me so much pain internally and it disrupted my inner peace. But holding on to the resentment of these broken relationships affected the relationships in my present moment. I struggled to allow myself to grow close with others because I always feared that, you know, I would just lose them and become a stranger to them just like many before. I had walls up because I was still so hurt and my soul was weighed down by the resentment that I held on to. And the hardest part about forgiveness and letting go of resentment is acceptance. Accepting the fact that they don't have to say sorry. I didn't hear I'm sorry from many people who hurt me in the past, but guess what? I have to let that go. I have to accept the fact that I will never hear sorry and the only person it's hurting by holding on to resentment over the fact that I didn't hear sorry is myself. It's only hurting myself. The resentment of the relationships you still won't forgive and let go of is only hurting yourself. Resentment is an emotion that weighs us down. It's a lower vibrational energy and it sucks. It really does. I get that. And you have every right to feel hurt, upset, and pained by your past. But in order to move forward and strengthen your current relationships, you need to make peace with the past. When you forgive, you don't have to talk to them again, and they don't need to know that you forgive them. The only thing that matters is that you are allowing yourself to let go of the resentment you feel in your heart over the situation. It's about looking at these moments from a perspective of, okay, what lesson was I meant to learn from these experiences, and how can I take these lessons and grow? And another thing worth mentioning is how important it is to stop comparing your present relationships to past relationships. Because I feel like we all do that at some point, right? We compare our current relationships to our past relationships and that's not fair. Maybe we fear that our current partner may cheat because our previous partner did. So if you are still holding on tightly to the pain from your previous relationship, you are already starting your current relationship off with a trust wound. But looking at it from a perspective of our current partner isn't our previous partner, so it's unfair to project that onto them can really help. And healing from painful relationships is never easy and it's not linear. We all deal with healing in our own ways and our own speeds. So be patient with yourself. The best thing I could have done for my own relationships is to learn how to not let past relationships ruin present relationships. So all of this blabbing is just to say, make peace with your past, find acceptance for what was, heal, let go, and focus on your present. All right, tip number three, figure out each other's love language. And this is a game changer. And guess what? You can use this in your friendships too, because the truth is we all like to be shown up for in relationships differently. The way that we show up in relationships and the way that we feel appreciated in relationships creates our relationship language. But the important key here is to recognize that not everyone likes to be shown up for in the same way. And not everyone wants to be shown love the same, which is why it's so important to figure this out and have an open conversation about it so that you both can make sure that you are putting in the effort to show up for one another especially in romantic relationships, because we all have needs, right? And it's not selfish to speak up about your needs and want your needs to be met. So with the love languages for couples, you have physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, giving and receiving gifts, and quality time. 
And for example, my love language is physical touch and quality time. It's really important to me that my husband is showing me love through spending quality time with me and through those intimate moments. And it doesn't even have to be about sex, right? Intimacy and physical touch is more than that. And that's how I need him to show up for me in order to feel like my needs are being met and that I'm feeling loved. Whereas my husband's love language is words of affirmation and giving and receiving gifts. Now, in the beginning of our relationship, we were showing up for each other the way that we needed to be shown up for. You know, he would give me the words of affirmations all the time and really needed his space and time alone because time alone is how he recharges from stressful days. But this left me feeling really frustrated because I wasn't feeling loved the way that I needed to be loved and he was confused because he thought he was showing me love. But what was happening was he was showing me love the way that he wants to receive love, which left me feeling unfulfilled because I needed more of that quality time. Do you see what I mean? And vice versa for him as well. So making sure that you figure out how your partner wants to be shown love and to make sure your partner knows how you want to be shown love is so important. And when we talk about this in friendships, it's important to know that every person is going to feel valued and cared for in a friendship differently. And this is something I recently just went through where I didn't feel valued or cared for in a friendship and it led to a loss of a friendship with someone who I was friends with since childhood. And for me, I really feel valued when a friend makes the effort to get back to me and check in on me. It doesn't even have to be every day, but showing that you care through checking in here and there is something that makes me feel valued in my friendships. I also like consistency. When we make plans and I'm consistently getting canceled on, it makes me feel like I am not valued. A consistent friend is really important to me. But what this taught me was that the way that I feel valued and they feel valued in a friendship was different and we just weren't showing up for each other the way that we needed to be. It's also possible that my friends just didn't have the energy to show up for me the way that I needed them to, but just never communicated that to me, which is why it's so important to communicate. I find it so important to make sure you let your friends know what your values are in a friendship. You know, do you need a weekly check-in? Is consistency a big deal? Vocalize that and figure out how they feel valued in a friendship too. And I know a lot of these conversations aren't as normalized as I feel like they should be because we live in a world where we are so disconnected from communication, which is ironic, right? Because we all have, um, you know, technology that allows us to communicate, but at the same time, I can't help but feel so disconnected. And a lot of this, I think, stems from these generational wounds. There's been generations of trauma and unhealed wounds in regards to dealing with emotions and communicating emotions that it feels uncomfortable to talk about emotions. It's so common to see parents who are quick to tell their kids to, you know, go to your room and think about what they did, think about what you did wrong, instead of having healthy conversations about why the child felt the need to do what they did and why it wasn't the best way to handle the situation. The way that you were cared for as a child has a huge effect on the way that we show up in relationships. And if your parents never communicated with you or you felt you couldn't have those conversations with your parents due to fear, then you probably struggle with communication in your relationships because it's unfamiliar. Therefore, it's uncomfortable. But it's those uncomfortable conversations that matter most. All right, so tip number four, learn to compromise. Now, I know this is really tough for a lot of us because we are stubborn and we want our needs met, but sometimes we need to compromise in relationships. When it comes to your relationships, I would try to figure out, you know, what your non-negotiables are, what you aren't willing to compromise on. 
and make sure to communicate these with your partner. This is especially important if you are dating and starting a new relationship. It's really important to discuss your values and non-negotiables. Like maybe something you aren't willing to compromise on is the fact that you want children or the fact that you want to live in a specific state or your religion. These are important things to discuss. But when it comes to things you are willing to compromise on, like choosing to have days that are dedicated to spending quality time with your partner instead of going out with friends, and maybe you set a specific day for date night, maybe you compromise on some house chores, whatever it may be, it's really important to compromise when you can in order to make sure each person is getting their needs met in the relationship. Tip number five, let go of expectations. Maybe this is going to be controversial, but this was something I recently started to apply to my own relationships. Something hard to hear is the fact that it's not anyone's job to live up to the expectations that we created for them within our mind. No one has to be who we expect them to be. And oftentimes, they won't be who we expect them to be. So what do I mean by this? Let's say I push this expectation on my friend to call and check in on me every day, and if they aren't living up to that expectation, I get upset and I'm frustrated with them. Or I have this expectation that my husband should clean the house for me and I shouldn't have to ask him. Or I expect my husband to want to spend as much quality time with me as I do with him. These are examples of expectations that we push upon our partners, friends, and whomever else. It's like our minds create this ideal version of someone, and then we get frustrated and hold resentment against them if they don't live up to those expectations. But they are not obligated to do so. This is something I've noticed within my own marriage, where I hold my husband to a certain expectation in my mind, and I used to hold resentment when he wasn't doing what my mind expected him to do. And what was actually happening was that I was attaching my happiness and emotions to my husband and his actions. If he didn't do X, Y, and Z, then I was frustrated and unhappy. This then puts my happiness in his hands, which in the end ruins that foundation that I've built with myself, right? Because true happiness comes from within. It comes from self. So when we rely on things outside of us to make us happy and attach our happiness to other people, It breaks that strong foundation that we have with ourselves, therefore our relationships crumble because our foundation is so important. And if you want to strengthen your relationships, you need to let go of these expectations and learn how to not attach your happiness to a person or an outcome. And this is a hard concept for a lot of people to grasp because we don't like to take accountability for our own happiness or unhappiness. But the truth is, no one can make us happy except ourselves. And I don't say this to make you feel as if you can't find happiness in relationships because you can, but what I'm saying is you will find so much more fulfillment in your relationships if you stop depending on others to fill up your cup and you start filling up your own cup. But here's the flip side to this. The main problem with expectations is that we often don't vocalize our expectations and we just expect someone to do and behave the way that we are thinking. Sure, Sometimes people will behave and act a way that we expect them to, but oftentimes they won't because they can't read our mind. And we all live life differently and we all have our own set of expectations. 
So if, for example, I expect my husband to clean the house without me asking, well, that's not reasonable or fair, and it's setting myself up for resentment towards him when he doesn't read my mind and act this way. He could have this expectation within his own mind that the house isn't dirty and he doesn't feel like it needs to be cleaned yet. Or let's say you set this expectation that your friend should call you at least once a week to check in on you, and when your friend doesn't do this, you have this frustration and feel like your friend doesn't care. Again, that's not fair because we don't all have the same values and expectations in our mind. This all goes back to communication, which is really key here. Now, at the end of the day, it's okay if you do communicate these needs and you find that you and your partner or a friend outgrow each other and you feel it's best that you part ways. There's nothing wrong with that because it is important to make sure that you are in that equal give and take relationship. I'm not telling you to settle. And again, the stronger your relationship with self is, the more your relationships will start to reflect that because as you build your relationship up with yourself, you stop settling for less. Tip number six, establish boundaries. Establishing boundaries can actually strengthen your relationships because oftentimes when we don't set those boundaries, we are taken advantage of and oftentimes drained by our relationships and that doesn't do anyone any favors. Maybe you are that friend that always gives and overextends yourself, or maybe you have relationships with your family that can feel draining at times because there are no boundaries in place. So let's talk about it. Setting boundaries can be really hard because it is uncomfortable, right? Especially if you aren't used to setting boundaries or you were never taught how to set boundaries. Maybe you had many situations growing up where you felt your boundaries were overstepped. The first thing to remember is that it is not your job to make people feel comfortable when it comes to setting boundaries to protect your energy. Oftentimes, there may be some frustration or resistance from the person you are setting a boundary with because they aren't used to this from you. So therefore, their ego may step in and get set off due to this new boundary that is unfamiliar. But you can't let that be your problem because it's not. So how can you know if you need to set a boundary? Well, first... Listen to your emotions. When you feel drained, this is usually a sign that there's a lack of boundaries in place and you are needing to protect your energy. Some ways that you may be lacking boundaries is, for example, when you say yes when you want to say no or when you aren't speaking up when you feel uncomfortable or you have people-pleasing tendencies which can also point towards a lack of boundaries or doing something you don't want to do in order to keep the peace, and even choosing not to communicate how you feel because you want to avoid conflict. It's really important to start setting those boundaries, and here are some examples. So let's say a friend wants to hang out. All right, well, you can set a boundary by saying, I would love to hang out, but I have to leave by this time. Or maybe someone asks you at work to take on a task for them, but you feel so overwhelmed by your own tasks that you could set the boundary by saying, I can't take on this task at the moment, but once I finish my other tasks, it's a possibility. Or maybe someone is gossiping about someone else and you really don't want to get involved. Or maybe someone is talking about something that's making you feel uncomfortable. Vocalize that and set that boundary. I don't feel comfortable talking about this. Or I don't want to talk about this right now. And maybe you have a relationship in your life that you struggle to see eye to eye on, you know, perspectives and opinions are different and this person just keeps arguing, but it's draining you. All right, well, let's set that boundary. I respect your opinion and I have mine. It's okay to have a difference of opinions. And my favorite is when people show up to your house unannounced and this is really crossing boundaries. So set that boundary. Before you come over, I need you to call me first. 
And if you have friendships that feel draining, it's okay to speak up about that. And I know that it's uncomfortable because you want to be there for your friends, but sometimes we don't have the capacity to do so because our own cup is empty. Setting a boundary in this situation could look something along the lines of, you know, I love you and I care so much about you, but it's really hard for me to show up in the capacity that you are needing me to right now because I have a lot on my plate. I am working on this, but I want to be upfront and honest about how I am feeling and how much I can emotionally give at this time. I think we could both benefit from lighthearted conversations. And this goes back to communicating how you feel cared for in a relationship and how much you have to give and show up for someone else. It's those honest and uncomfortable conversations that make a big difference. Tip number seven, affirmations and gratitude. You know I always mention how important gratitude is. Well, it can also help to strengthen your relationships. For example, let's say you go out of your way to help out your partner and you do something nice for your partner. And what if your partner doesn't show gratitude or thank you for what you did? Now, maybe this causes you to feel annoyed or frustrated. I mean, most would feel annoyed or frustrated when they aren't feeling appreciated for what they're doing. So showing gratitude and appreciation can go a long way. It's easy to get busy in the swing of everyday life that we forget to show our appreciation for even the littlest of things. But when someone feels appreciated when they do something, chances are they're going to continue to do it. All right, so make sure you're appreciating your partner or whoever else in a situation where you really do value what they're doing for you. Tip number eight, become aware of your responses and patterns. This has been a game changer for me. It's really easy for relationships to get into patterns, right? Especially long-term relationships. When you start to recognize patterns, making even small shifts to break these patterns is going to help strengthen the relationship, especially romantic relationships. And I also find that becoming aware of how you respond to conflict is really important. Sometimes the way that we respond to conflict can point towards our unhealed wounds. Do you threaten to leave? Do you get really angry and yell? Do you go into silent mode? Do you say things you don't mean? Do you talk down about yourself and tell your partner that you are the worst partner ever? Conflict is difficult, and usually no one likes fighting in any relationship. Becoming aware of your emotions and how you react to conflict is something to pay attention to because it could point towards unhealed wounds. And I have a podcast episode about healing your inner child wounds where I go into this topic way more in depth, but Sometimes we handle conflict differently than our partner. Maybe you like to talk about the problem right away, but your partner would rather not. So you get frustrated when your partner doesn't want to communicate with you right then and there. It's important to recognize how you each resolve conflict and take that into consideration. If your partner needs time and space to cool off, that's going to be important, but you can also make it a promise to come back after a certain amount of time and discuss the conflict at hand after your partner had time to cool off. There's a quote that says, you can't see your reflection in boiling water, just like you can't see the truth in a state of anger. Forcing a conversation when you are both angry and upset will not do any favors for you. Take time to calm down and recollect so that you both can discuss the conflict at hand when you are in calmer states of mind. And I used to hold a lot of resentment and frustration against my husband when he didn't give me the attention I wanted or when I felt as if he didn't want to make that time for me. My reactions and responses towards him shifted to a state of resentment and he could feel that energy. But at the end of the day, holding that resentment towards my husband isn't helping me at all. 
just it just made you know the conflicts at hand more difficult and again it was me putting my happiness and state of being in the hands of other people in the hands of his instead of my own relationships are tough because we all love differently we all see the world from a different lens and we all have different needs take time to get to know each person you have a relationship with because at the end of the day that's going to strengthen your connection and you'll both feel equally loved and valued when you make the effort to show up. And sometimes relationships grow apart. Sometimes relationships come into our lives for a season to teach us lessons and help us find ourselves again. You don't have to keep toxic relationships in your life. You can let go of energy drainers. Remember, you are the foundation to which your relationships are built off of. Don't forget that. I hope this episode helped you in one way or another. If you enjoyed it, be sure to screenshot and share on social media and you can tag me and connect with me on social media at lduclos, E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S on all social media platforms. I am sending you all of my love. Until next time.